things that uh, produce health. And so I want to give you something today. Last week we talked about prayer, and I want to give you something today that will help you tremendously to grow in your spiritual life. Today, when you leave the service, when you go home, if you will memorize the Bible from beginning to end, it will greatly help you. It will. It will greatly help you. Well, it will help you, but we can't do that, can we? Fact is, if we were to try to memorize a book of the Bible today, it would be too much. That's why we need, that's why we need habits. We can't do everything in a day that we need to do. And yet, little by little, things greatly add up. I was uh, talking to one of my gentlemen from Atlanta yesterday, uh, 81 years old, and uh, still actively memorizing scripture. He told me that last year, him, his wife, and his daughter all memorized the book of Ephesians. And uh, when I called him yesterday morning, he said that uh, he was working on the memorizing the book of Colossians this year. He said it broke it down into little paragraphs, and in one section at a time, he was, he was chipping away at it. That's the power of, uh, of a habit when we do one thing at a time. See, you say, Pastor, I can never memorize the Bible, and, and I understand. I, I can't either, unless you've got a photographic memory, and some people do, but they're extremely rare. Most of us can't memorize the Bible, and, and most of us are not even going to memorize a book. But we can memorize a phrase, and we put a couple phrases together, and we can memorize a whole verse. And when we memorize one verse, we can memorize another. And what that'll do for you is it will give you a familiarity with Scripture that you didn't have before. So that when you, you hear things, it gives you some context to know whether they're, they're true or not. Uh, I was talking to my mom yesterday. She is a nurse and sits with people. And she's staying with this gentleman and some folks came and and uh, they brought some books and threw out some, some really crazy ideas. And uh, mom said, uh, when they left, she said, uh, said the gentleman, she said, well, I've never heard that before. And he said, I haven't either. And everyone else said, I've never heard that before either. It sounds a little strange to me. And that's, that's what happens when you're grounded in the word. When you hear something, you have something to measure it against. And you know when things sound right. When you come to a crisis in your life and you say, what, what should I do? If you've been memorizing scripture, the Holy Spirit can bring to mind just the right words. I was uh, at an event 20 years ago, and after the event, a young lady was talking to me, and I was sharing with her about how to be saved, and she said, I'm just not really sure if this is all there is to it. And because I'd memorized the scripture, I was able to share with her exactly what the scripture said. And so when we've memorized the scripture, it enables us to then meditate on it. It enables us to recall it in a moment when we need it. It enables us to hear things and filter things through scripture that we've already learned. And so this is, this is the habit that I want to talk to you about today. It's last week we talked about developing a habit of prayer. I want to talk to you today about just really basking in the Bible. You know, we talk about basking in the sun, right? 
you just you just what does it mean to bask in the sun it means you just soak it all up and you you just enjoy it right and when we think about the bible we need to do more than just read it we, we really we just we need to soak it up we need to, to to fall in love with it and read it and study it and memorize it and meditate on it and when it does it it produces growth in our life the word of god to our soul is like it's like water to a flower it nourishes and enables growth and the reason that we need to do it regularly is because you and i we 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 can't read all we need to read in a day just like you can't you can't you can't eat everything that you need today for the week or the month it doesn't the body doesn't work that way right when i was in high school uh, our pastor was extremely frugal I don't know if you've ever known any really frugal people. Some people said tightwad, but that's really unkind. So it's frugal, very frugal. And so uh, we had a, a pastor come from Africa, and he brought his family, and they were used to doing without. And so he would take them to the Shoney's. Uh, this this will tell you how old this story is. He took them to the Shoney's buffet. You remember Shoney's had the huge breakfast bar and everything. And he, he took them to the buffet and they would eat and they would eat and they would eat. And then they wouldn't eat again for like two or three days. And because they were used to that in Africa, they, when they had food, they ate it. And then they, they just had to do without until they got more. And, and our pastor was so envious. He said, I feed my family at lunch and I got to pay again at dinner. and I got to pay again tomorrow. He was, uh, thought it's what a great concept if he could just pay once at the buffet and get them for three days. But. Sometimes people try to do that spiritually. They're going to get caught up in their Bible reading today or they're going to get caught up in their prayer. Or, but, it, but it doesn't work that way. The body needs constant nourishment and the soul needs constant nourishment as well. And that's why we need a habit of regular practice, regularly reading the Bible, regularly thinking about the Bible, regularly meditating on it and studying it and through this god speaks to us and so what happens in these habits is it's it's like sand that tiny grain of sand that uh there comes an age where you know you can't really see it anymore without a magnifying glass it's so small and it's so lightweight you, you can barely even feel it in your hand but do you know that sand will hold back floodwaters. You put a bunch of sand in a bag, you stack the bags together, and collectively, they can hold back floodwaters. Sand can stop a bullet. You fill bags of sand and you stack them together, and collectively, they form a barricade. Sand is as powerful as it, as it adds up. But that, that one grain in of itself, it's hardly noticeable. And what I'm encouraging you to think about is that an act of devotion, it's, it's kind of like that grain of sand. You know, that, that, that one prayer, that, that one Bible reading, that, that one time you went to Sunday school, it's like a little grain of sand. Like in, in and of itself, that, that one thing is not... It's not incredibly impactful in your life by itself 
But when you put all those moments together, it has the power to to shape you as God through the Holy Spirit applies his word to your life. And so today we're looking at Psalm 119 verses 9 through 16. Psalm 119. I want to ask you, would you join me in standing as we read this together? Psalm 119 beginning in verse 9. The Bible says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Let's pray together. Father, give us a heart to keep our way pure by your word. I pray that it would become a priority in our lives. I pray that it would be a priority in this church. May we listen and respond in faith and obedience, which in your son's name that we pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, uh, I try to be very careful as a preacher about not just piling things on that we need to be doing with every sermon, but I'm gonna give you something today that we need to be doing. It is foundational. We, we truly need to be memorizing Scripture, all, all of us. The Bible teaches this. The Bible asks that question, how can a young man keep his way pure? That's quite a question, isn't it? How can a young man keep his way pure? And this is how it says we can do it, by guarding it according to his word. You see, God is calling us to a life of purity. He's calling us to a life of purity. A lot of people don't understand this. Uh, some people say anytime that you speak in any area of purity, oh, you're being judgmental. Oh, you're being legalistic. And no, God, God has standards. And being conformed to that standards doesn't mean that we're, we're, uh, we're judging other people. It doesn't mean that we're being a, being a legalist. You know, when the Pharisees were legalists and uh, Jesus, when he said to them, he said, you, you tithe uh, all these herbs mint, dill, and cumin. He says, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law, justice, love, mercy. And, and we might expect Jesus to say, you shouldn't be worried about tithing mint and dill and cumin. You shouldn't be worried about that. You should be worried about the big things. But he didn't say that. He said that they should have done the latter things without neglecting the former things. He didn't criticize them for tithing little herbs. He criticized them because that was all they were focused on. So God is calling us to a life of purity. Purity meaning that we are shedding sin from our life. We're constantly seeing areas of us that are not like Christ. And when we see them out of obedience, we repent and we, we change. This is, this is hard work. And a lot of people 
uh, get just close enough to kind of blend in with other Christians who were just close enough not to be called out for their sin and they're content where they are. But that's not God's will for our life. God's will is to continue to work in our lives so that we make us more and more like his son. And the way that he brings about change, one of the ways is through his word. Now, the Bible is not like a spell book. It's not something magical. I don't want you to think that for a moment. But it is powerful. And it's powerful because God inspired it through his spirit. And it's God's chosen method. Now, God could have worked any way that he wanted to work. He could speak any way that he wanted to speak. But God chose to speak to us in many different ways. And one of the ways that he's chosen to speak to us today is through the written word. And whenever we read God's word and we memorize it and we meditate on it, we can, we can hear from him. And I'm amazed as I read through the Bible and read things that I've read many times, how God speaks to me in different moments. And we need to hear from God. We, 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 need, we need constant word from God if we're going to grow and if we're going to, to develop. How does somebody live this life of purity by guarding it according to God's word? Listen to what God told Cain about guarding himself. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, it says, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And listen to this. I think the same is true for all of us. And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain needed a word from God. He needed to guard himself. So do we. How can we keep ourselves pure? By guarding ourselves according to God's word. Whenever we seek God, it involves submitting to his commandments. This is the part of uh, the Christian life that so many people uh, really don't like. Many people today are trying their best to conform God into their image instead of allowing God to conform them into his image. But here's what the Bible says about this in verse 10. With my whole heart, I seek you. Listen to the second part of this. Let me not wander from your commandments. Now, in order to follow the Lord's commandments, we need to know what they are, don't we? And how are we going to know what they are if we don't read and study and memorize? Memorizing scripture will help us to guard against temptation it'll help us to know what god is calling to and it'll take us on a life of purity yeah yesterday i think it was yesterday i was reading about gideon uh, I, I, the plan that i'm following right now i read 10 chapters of the bible first thing in the morning and uh, all throughout different sections of scripture and i was reading about gideon and if you read the story of gideon the bible tells about that after he had driven out the midianites and of course the Lord did it with just 300 people to make sure that everybody knew it was not Gideon or Israel. It was the Lord. But after all of this, the people said, Gideon, 
be our king. Rule over us. And, and your sons shall rule over us. And your grandsons shall rule over us. They were, when he got the Midians drove out, the Midianites who had been terrorizing them, they were ready to make him king and set up a dynasty. And here Gideon is. He had such an opportunity to, to really abuse what God had used him to do. To use it for his own gain. But he didn't. He didn't. He was offered to be king of Israel. And this is what he said. He said, no, the Lord will rule over you. And I read that and I thought, man, that's great. Can I be like that? Given this great opportunity to, to take credit for what God had done, and would, would I be like Gideon to say, no, the Lord will rule over you. The Lord did this. And then in the same chapter, it talks about that after he'd made an ephod, that the people, it says, hoard after it. That meant that they worshipped it like it was an idol. And here's what it says. And it became a snare to Gideon and to his family. And I thought, how can somebody that started so strong end so weak? there he was that's what we'll be talking about tonight if you come to this evening service how can somebody begin so well and end so poorly and the Lord spoke to me through that and I thought you know many of us if you've seen the Lord move in the past it's easy to rest on that but the battle's not over the race is not finished and just because you started well doesn't mean you're going to end well. you got to press on to the end. Sin is crouching at our door. It's desires to have us, but we must rule over it. But how can we do that? Well, the Bible says by guarding ourselves according to his word. We memorize his commandments so that we know what the Bible says. In verse 11, it says, I have stored up your word in my heart, and here's why that I might not sin against you. If you're struggling with some sin that you just can't seem to overcome, Satan will give you great peace about that. He will say, don't worry. Everybody has weaknesses and you've done so well in other areas. Don't worry about that sin. That's what Satan will say. And if you believe it, you'll say, well, I, I, that, that sin will be okay because I've done so well everywhere else. And everybody has something that they struggle with. And I've tried, after all, to overcome it, and I just can't. Well, it may be that you haven't memorized enough scripture to overcome it because the Bible says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Whenever we memorize God's word, and we just really take it in, and we know what it says, it gives, it gives us power to overcome temptation, and it gives us power to become strong. So we need to, we need to memorize the Bible. But, but there's a second thing. If we're really going to just bask in the Bible, and we're just going to soak it in, we're going to fall in love with it and let God speak to us through it, we're, we're going to need to be receptive to it. We're going to be, need to be receptive to it. This is one of the frustrations of, of ministry. And I've seen it all my life, and, 
and and you if you don't believe me you talk to a couple other pastors they'll tell you the the same thing there there's so many people that they're all about the bible until it applies to them you can preach and they'll say oh that's amen until their son's doing it and then all of a sudden it's it's not a sin anymore we've just misunderstood that verse all this time we don't really need to read that verse they're not really receptive to the bible if we're gonna let god speak to us we're gonna have to acknowledge that number one he knows more than we do number two he has authority over us and so it's our place to listen it's his place to speak and listening involves not just hearing but responding in obedience so listen to what the bible says in verse 12 blessed are you O lord listen to this teach me your statutes being receptive to the bible means having a teachable spirit it, it means that, that that i come to the bible knowing i need to learn something I need to learn something. When I was in high school, uh, we had a uh, guidance counselor office, and um, right over the receptionist, there was this big poster, and and you just really wouldn't expect to see this in the high school guidance counselor's office. But this big poster said, <clears throat> "Quick, quit school, rule the world, while you still know everything." Yeah. Did, did you know everything when you were young? Maybe not. Maybe some of y'all were matured really fast and you were really humble and gracious. But and, uh, we've perhaps known some young people that knew everything, right? It's a stage of maturity and growth when we come to realize that we don't know everything and we need to hear from God. There was a, a guy in Atlanta. He was a, just a wonderful, wonderful guy. But he had been out of church most of his life. He started coming as a senior and went to his house, went to visit him. And, um, and I, I still remember sitting in his living room. And I said, you know, we're, we're, we're really glad that you're here, glad that you're coming. And he said, he said yeah, he said, I, I need to be there. He said, I, I decided I'm going to come to church. He said, uh, he said I'm going to tell you now. He said, you, uh, you, you really can't teach me anything. He said, I know everything's in the Bible. I said, I I've taken Bible college classes. I've read the Bible and studied my whole life. So I, 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 I know everything in there, but uh, I, I know I probably need to show up and be there. I, just, I didn't. I said, okay, well, that's great. You know, I'm glad. It'd be nice to have somebody who knows everything in the Bible. That's good. You know. And I remember uh, it was about a, it was about a year later. Uh, he asked me over, and and uh, he said, uh, Pastor, I'm so embarrassed about what I said. He said, I have learned so much. I said, well, that's, that's great. I mean, I said, we all know you didn't know everything, but we're glad that you know you don't know everything. Now, that's, that's great. That's great. That's an act of maturity when we become teachable. And the psalmist says here, Lord, teach me your statutes. If we're going to bask in the Bible, we've got to come to the Bible ready to read it and study it and memorizing thinking that we need God to speak into our lives and we need to hear from him. We don't know everything and we need to learn. This is what he says in verse 13. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. Being receptive to the Bible also means uh, being unashamed of what it says. 
when, when we're ready to, to teach God's word, no matter how crazy it may sound to a pagan and, and foreign culture who doesn't read or study the Bible. Following Christ, it's, 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 not, a, it's not a private matter. Maybe personal, an individual, but it's not private. And we, we teach others. Deuteronomy 6, here's what the Bible says, tells us about this. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you, when you rise. I, I'm always amazed when I talk to somebody and uh, there's someone they know really well and I say, well, are they a, are they a believer? And they say, well, I don't know. I think, wow, that's, that's what an indictment. I hope that, that, that nobody would ever say, what are you, what's Kevin doing these days? You, you think he's still a Christian? It should be pretty obvious. It should be obvious for all of us that we talk to our kids, we talk to our coworkers, we talk to our neighbors. We, it's, it's who we are. That we're not ashamed of God's teaching and what the Bible says. And being receptive to the Bible means, means treasuring its teaching. Psalm 119.14, it says, In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. And here's the last thing I want to share with you today before we close. We do need to memorize Scripture. We need to be receptive to it. We also need to meditate on it. Have you ever read something and you can't remember what you read? You know, a lot of people in school struggle with that. When they first start reading, reading they think, you know, you just kind of run through the words and they struggle with reading comprehension. And, it, and it's easy to, every once in a while, I'm reading a book, my mind drifts, and I start thinking about something else. Next thing you know, four pages over, and I don't know what they said. And I, I went through the words, but I, I wasn't thinking about them. There's a difference between reading something and, and really meditating on it. And don't be afraid of the word meditation. It just means to dwell on something, to think it through. And not only do we need to read the word, but we need to think about it. We need to think about it. And so the Bible says here, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your, your word. You see, meditation leads to understanding. It leads to understanding. In Psalm 49, verse 3, it says, My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. Uh, we went to Thailand in November, and we went up in, in one very remote jungle village. And we got there, and people don't normally go there because it's really difficult to get there. And so they were excited to death to see us. And we, uh, they, they wanted us to teach on the Trinity, so we did. So we taught, uh, there's three, three of us pastors, we taught for three hours on, on the Trinity. Spent a father, uh, an hour on the Father, an hour on the Son, and an hour on the Holy Spirit. And uh, said, uh, have you got any questions? And, and we finally had to say, thank you for your questions, but we got to go so we can get off the mountain before dark because they had question after question after question. And you, you know why they had questions? They had been thinking. They had been thinking about the Bible. 
They asked us about all kinds of things. Didn't have anything to do with the Trinity. Things that they had always wondered about in the Bible. What did that mean? They had been meditating. Meditation leads to understanding, but it also leads to obedience. Joshua was about to take over the leadership of the nation of Israel. Big job. Big job. If you've ever been discouraged trying to lead a ministry, you ought to read about Moses dealing with Israel. They, they were a difficult bunch. And Joshua is about to take over. And here's what the Lord told Joshua. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. That was the Lord's direction to, to Joshua. You see, meditating and thinking about God's word not only leads to understanding, but produces obedience. Here's what one preacher long ago named Thomas Brooks said. He said, quote, it is not he that reads most, but he that meditates most that will prove the choicest, sweetest, wisest, and strongest Christian. Most of us today, uh, we, we are where we are because of habits we developed. There's, there's, there's major things you can do in your life that'll, that'll, that'll really change your life for good or for bad. And uh, Some people try drugs once and they die from it. There's, there's single acts that can really alter your life. But, but most of us, uh, how much money we have saved, it's the result of habits, whether we were overspending our whole life or whether we were saving our life. Most of us, our health, it's, it's not because we had one really bad meal. It's, it's about a lifetime. And I know there's genetics and other factors. I understand that. But most of where we are today is the sum of our habits. And so if we want to be in a different place spiritually, we're going to need to change our habits. So I want to encourage you today to take on the habit of just savoring the scripture, reading it regularly. There's all kinds of ways you can do it first thing in the morning, you can do it at lunch, you can do it at night. I don't tell you, you got to do it the way I do it. Right now, I'm reading 10 chapters a day to start the day. That's a pretty big commitment. You don't have to do it the way I'm doing it. Start with three or, or, or one. One. I was, uh, uh, regardless of what you think about his politics, uh, George W. Bush, when he was the president, while he was president, he read a chapter and a half of scripture every day, which meant every two years he completed the Bible all the way through. That's, if you read three chapters a day, you'll finish the Bible every year. He read a chapter and a half. That got him through every two years. That, that meant that, that, that while 
he was serving what in what has to be the most draining and time-consuming job on the planet president of the united states he managed to read the bible from cover to cover four times because he developed a habit a habit if you set a goal to memorize a verse a week verse a month if you just memorize one verse a month this time next year you would know from memory 12 verses that you didn't know this time this year if you just set a habit to read to study to memorize and to meditate god will use it to transform your life and to grow you as a believer don't think that spiritual growth comes natural. It doesn't. There are people that have been Christians for decades that are no more spiritually mature than some of our youth. Spiritual growth has nothing to do with time. It has to do with being receptive to God, listening to him, and allowing him to transform us one step at a time. And if we're going to do that, we need a habit. Let's pray together. Father, help us not to take your word for granted. I pray that we would become a people who read and study and memorize and meditate. That, God, you might speak to us and transform our lives. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, most of us don't like memorizing things. Uh, when I was in seminary, the class that I hated the most was church history because we had to just memorize a gazillion names and dates, and I just don't like memorizing things, and I'm not good at memorizing things either. Most of us don't really, really like it. But I'm telling you that this book is worth memorizing because this book is God speaking to us. It tells us who he is, who we are, and what we need to do if we're going to be in a close relationship with him. And here's what the Bible tells us about that. It says that all of us are separated from God because of sin. Every single one of us. And it says the wages of sin are death. But when Jesus Christ came, he did something that none of us have ever done. He lived a life without any sin. See, the wages may be sin, but yet, wages of sin may be death, but yet, Jesus died, but he had never sinned. That's why he paid a price that he didn't know. His death on the cross was a substitute. He went in in our, in our place. And so today, if you were to believe that Christ died to pay for your sin. If you were to believe that and simply ask God for forgiveness, he would forgive you and he would do for you what you can't do for yourself. He would give you a new life, a new purpose, and an eternal hope. But you have to make the decision whether to receive that or not. If you've never made that decision, when we sing, I want to encourage you to pray to the Lord. You can pray there in your seat, or if you need help, 
you can walk up to me and I will help you pray. I know that most of us here today have made that decision already.